The RPG After Years is part of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Find out more at probablywork.com. Hey folks, my name is Brett and I'm one of the hosts of Skeleton House, an audio-only Let's Play podcast where my two friends Jess... What is happening? Oh my god! And Steve... Even he looks spooked. ...play through video games and I edit them, add context, and act as your eyeballs. Also, we have a cat. Come check us out at skeletonhouse.buzzsprout.com or look up Skeleton House on your favorite podcast app. Or your least favorite podcast app. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. And welcome to the RPG Years, your weekly show covering all things RPGs from the past, the present, and the future. This is episode 18. I'm Bill. And I'm Brett. That's right, baby. It's another Bill Forces Skelly to play um, a shining game that no one ever wanted to play. Get your maps out. It's shining in the menu. Shining in the darkness. Yes, there's a lot of menuing in this game, which is great fun. But since this is a review, uh, we won't be doing any catch-up or anything like that. Today is going to be a one-shot. We'll be able to get through the whole thing. Uh, But before that, just so we don't fall too far behind, here's a quick couple of show updates. We got the RPG Club, Breath of Fire 3. I'm I'm caught up. 
Are you cut up, Bill? Oh, I'm not. No, I'm still in prison. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing terrible. Yeah, I've, 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 I've explained it in last week's episode, which I recorded today. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, I've been having a rough couple of weeks with um, illnesses and holidays and the kids being off and all things like uh, that. So yeah. it's, been, it's been fun. So yeah, I just, I've just fallen massively behind on pretty much every single thing ever. <laughs> Neglecting your video games. Yes, but I believe uh, with this one, we should be aiming to finish... Um, segment three which is finishing angel tower which will be due june 25th by the time this episode comes out i've heard that name in the game they've they've said the name angel tower where i'm at oh have they oh i need to i need to catch up yeah because i'm i'm i've i'm literally at the bit where i finished segment one so i've still got to um yeah get to the end of the banquet scene in windy it's it's pretty good (laughs) I, i i'm enjoying breath of fire Oh, good. Yeah, I mean, uh, segment one, I feel really bad that I haven't done the episode for it yet because I think I had more feedback for segment one than I've ever had for any RPG club <laughs> segment ever. There's a lot of people playing that game. Yeah, we, we had loads of people come in from the um, Breath of Fire Discord, uh, not Discord, uh, Reddit channel yeah. as well. And um, yeah, it's just uh, yeah, loads of people giving feedback. Loads of people gave me audio feedback as well. So I'm like, I was really excited to do that episode. And, yeah. And then I got <laughs> sick and I had, to, and I had to look after kids and stuff, you know, all that sort of fun. Anyway, next up is to the continuation of the $700 saga. Yes. So, as I mentioned in last week's episode, because the because Elon Musk managed to break the uh, material lockdown bot, uh, myself and Frost have decided to um, try and raise $700 for the Motor Neuron Disease Association. But you don't have to pay. Me and Frost are going to pay. <laughs> so, the idea is for every person... Because our current list game is the seventh saga, so if every person that beats the seventh saga in our Discord, so you have to come join the Discord, we're going to donate seventy dollars to the Motor Neuron Disease Association. And if Frost doesn't finish it, he has to donate a hundred dollars. <laughs> I, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I, I'm definitely going to finish it. I have to finish it anyway because it's a list. Yeah, game. it's on the list. So I'm stuffed. But yeah, uh, the idea is, you know, just to raise a bit of money. It's all coming out of mine and Frost's pocket. So, I mean, we, we will probably set up a, um, a charity page in case anyone does want to offer anything on top of that. But yeah, we've got a $700 cap and yeah, $70 per person who completes the game. And just for a bit of a bonus, if you can't complete the game, we're going to do $10 for anyone who manages to get the first rune, at least. If I, if I don't beat it, I'll throw in 35 <laughs> well no I, just I, just at least broke. get the first rune and then i can do that but i want to <laughs> i, I mean, want to beat it too so i gotta i gotta put something on the table that's what i mean but for people who are broke it doesn't matter because you're gonna make yeah. me and frost pay make by you pay. playing and completing the game make bill pay exactly so come join the discord come help us raise 700 dollars for the motor neuron disease association and stick a big finger up to elon musk for breaking my butt <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> Uh, final club update is the VIP club, which is again uh, a patron exclusive. So Skelly's going to be uh, getting these lovely patron exclusive episodes when we start doing an RPG club for the, the Sky Pirate game. What's it called? Sky Sega's Sky Pirate game. That's what it's called. Uh, Skies yes. of Arcadia. <laughs> that's it. it. Just completely slipped my mind. For <laughs> yep. Again sickness illness and all that goodness stuff i haven't managed to get the segmentation done yet so i plan to get that out by the end of this month end of june and then we're going to be starting that club as well i'm excited for that one yeah again i'm gonna i'm gonna keep it open so that people can join in who listen to the show but the actual episodes are going to be exclusive for patrons uh like the the week uh, the bi-weekly um vip uh rpg club episodes for it anyway i'm stumbling over myself let's get into this shall we let's go 
is shining in the darkness. get out of my head now <laughs> damn that song I'll have to play it in the background because I don't think does everyone know what that song is or was that just like a UK thing I, I have no idea although I don't know uh, like early 90s popular music so I might not be the best barometer oh yeah oh, I reckon it was probably early 90s around about the time this game came out it was kind of like a weird phase where there was loads of like pop sort of reggae music that came out <laughs> I think it's like pop reggae dance music so I think I've got no idea I was a kid when it came out I remember that song vividly <laughs> my sister used to play it all the time anyway uh, so the game was released on the 29th of March in 1991 in Japan which was 11,760 days ago which is 32 years 2 months and 9 days ago as of the recording of this episode Brett, do you want to take the North America release? North America was August 6th, 1991. So 11,360 days ago, 31 years, 9 months, 22 days, or 400 days after... No, that doesn't, math doesn't work out. Hold on. <laughs> One of those numbers was weird because the math doesn't line up. But yes, uh, August 6th. I, I used Google, so the math should be right. Because <laughs> Google never lies. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And the, for the for the power regions, you know, which is like Europe and Australia, um, September 9th, 1991, which is 11,569 days ago, 31 years, nine months, and six days. Now, interestingly, we normally go over who was number one in the charts in America and in uh, the UK. But would you believe it? It was the same person with the same song. One man has topped both charts. And and for like two months as well, solid. <laughs> the song was number one in like both regions. And that song is, Brett, everything I do, I do it for I, you. I, I do it for you, Bill. But also the song is called Everything I Do, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna buy buy, buy Brett buy from Skeleton House. <laughs> yeah. All me. I wasn't born yet, but it was all me. <laughs> yeah. Everything I do. I do it for you. Okay, yes, I'm familiar with this dun, song. Dun, dun, dun. You should be. Isn't Brian Adams Canadian? I think so. Yeah. There's only, like, only, like si- only like six of you, isn't there? Yeah. One of them's Brian Adams, Brian one Adams, Celine Dion, you, Jess. The, the dude from uh, Rush. Probably multiple oh, yeah, dudes uh, yeah. from Rush, now that I think about it. No, no, no. They're, they're just one person split into three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. I'm, I'm sure. Canada's tiny, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, my, my geography's good. Anyway, that's <laughs> it for, the, uh, for our pop culture references and... Uh, terrible slightly probably racist jokes towards Canada which will be frowned That's upon okay. in the we future can take it. we can take it <laughs> let's get into the history of Shining in the Darkness Shining in the Darkness 
Shining in the Darkness is a dungeon crawler role-playing video game. The game puts the player in control of the main character and two friends, Pyra and Milo? Milo or Milo? How are we doing this? Milo's the name, right? I, 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 I go Milo, yeah. All right. Yeah, them guys. As they explore 3D dungeon mazes with turn-based battles. The game consists of storyline interaction, dungeon exploration, random monster fights, and predetermined boss fights. Yes, lots and lots of stuff in this game. Uh, the game was developed by the uh, Takahashi brothers at Camelot, then known as Sonic! Exclamation mark. Software planning. <laughs> that, that, I'm, I'm glad they changed that name eventually. Uh, <laughs> however, ambitious the game, uh, however, the ambitious game was too big a project for a small development team. So help was sought from the Climax Entertainment, uh, who would later go on to develop the Landstalker games, which is also like part of the Olandra series. Which is a know. ten out of ten game. I always say it every time, but yeah. I didn't. I didn't realize this would turn into Camelot because those are like the like the Mario sports guys, right? I think so. That's cool. I did. I did Google the list of games that they made, and then um, I was just like, oh, I can't bother putting these in here. <laughs> Play some Mario Tennis. Mario Tennis rules. Yes. <laughs> Headed by Hiroyuki Takahashi, a rising star in the world of RPG development, Takahashi was seen as a good fit for the project because of his previous involvement in Enix's popular Dragon Quest series. They're pretty, pretty popular. Much was made yeah, of Shining in the Darkness upon release, with Mega Drive magazines excited that a game like this had found its way to the console. However, while it may have been one of the first RPGs to grace Sega's 16-bit machine, Shining in the Darkness wasn't exactly original and borrowed heavily from other adventure games. Producer Hiroyuki Takahashi cites wizardry and dungeon master as influences. Yes, Shining in the Darkness was developed on a shoestring budget, uh, but managed to be pretty uh, a pretty modest hit worldwide in spite of that. In, 20, uh, in 2009 interview, uh, Hiroyuki Takahashi, credit, who was credited for writing and producing the game, he recalled, uh, Because we were on such a tight budget, apart from the programming and graphics, I did nearly all of the work on Shining in the Darkness, which is hugely impressive. Um, I suppose the basic concept behind darkness was realism. I thought it would be exciting for the player if the player could actually travel to a fantasy world and walk around exploring old houses, dungeons and other places. It was in essence a, a continuation of the sense of excitement you get from moving through the dungeons in older games such as wizardry. But in reality, I'm not talking about true realism. I mean that feeling that you are really progressing through actual houses and dungeons and the same thing applied to the battles. That's cool. I don't know if he... Yeah, I guess it didn't quite get to, to that level. Because it's not really walking <laughs> through houses in this game. No, but I mean, I did I did feel the tension of going through the dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give it that. <laughs> that did feel real to me. Shining in the Darkness was never really intended to be one of Sega's noteworthy franchises. It was a game made to pad out the Sega Genesis at the time. It's rather thin JRPG catalog. Sega was keen to continue the series in the same style, but Sonic! Exclamation mark, software planning had other ideas. Their sequel, Shining Force, was a tactical RPG in the style of Fire Emblem, overshadowing its dungeon-crawling prequel. Shining Force was a huge critical and commercial success that spawned many sequels. It's likely that fans of the series will look towards Shining in the Darkness to see its origins. Yep, I'm pretty much like we did. Uh, yeah. Sega, Sega Pro who I think were slightly biased, reviewed the game in 1991. <laughs> That's why I added this in. I was just like, this is such a terrible review. Uh, and gave it a 93% score, describing the dungeon crawler as superior to all other RPGs of this style, praising its detailed background preparation and detailed graphics, including uh, scaling sprites and water effects. What water effects? Uh, the character conversations... Uh, sound. I mean, the camera conversations were 
<laughs> sound design, especially around taverns. Um, replayability. What? Every game is different. I don't know what? about that. I don't know and it's an innovative icon-based menu system. Like, I just wanted to put this in here because it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to talk on the menus a lot in a bit. Yeah, you've, de- you've described most of the things I hated about it. <laughs> <laughs> the Gelflings in this installment... What? What is a Gelfling? The Gelflings in this installment were replaced by the similar, possibly same, Kiantles in future Shining games because both races share strong similarities with the Gelflings seen in the Dark... Oh, the Dark Crystal. This change was, was likely done to avoid legal trouble with Jim Henson's Creature Shop. I just assumed everyone knew what the Dark Crystal was, what the Gelflings were. <laughs> Sorry, Brett. Hold on, I gotta that get a bad assumption. Guys. Have you? Um, I saw. I saw. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, the little, the little goblin guys. Okay, the puppets. Yeah. I haven't watched like the new Netflix series, but I have watched the original Dark Crystal many yeah, times. I when saw I was it, younger, so. Yeah, I was very young the last <laughs> time I saw it. I think. Uh, on August 13th, uh, 2007, the game was re-released on the Wii Virtual Console in North America. And on September 7th, uh, 2007, the game was re-released in Europe. Uh, the game also appears in Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection, which has different names depending on what system you buy on, uh, for the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3, as well as the Sega Mega Drive and Genesis Classics on PC and Switch. And it was also available on iOS and Android in a Shining Collection app, which was what I started playing this game on. <laughs> yeah, I played it on the uh, Sega, Mega, Sega Sega Genesis collections. Or what the hell? Sega Genesis Classics, I think, is what it's called. The the Sega emulator on Steam. Oh, no, I, st- I started with it, and it gives you, like, like I, I paid for it to, to... I paid, like, an extra, like, £2, because I'm going to play all three of these <laughs> games that are in this collection, yeah. because they're all on the list. And so I paid £3 to get rid of the ads and to have, like, an extra couple of save states in the cloud, but you only get a maximum of three. And it was just such a pain in the neck to save it because it had to sort of keep connecting to the cloud thing. Uh, and occasionally oh, it would just come pain. up and there would be nothing there. And it was just like, this is total dog shit. So eventually I just, um, I, <clears throat> I used other ways of doing yeah. this game, especially with like a, a four time speed up. Available. Yeah, smart, so, smart way yeah. to play it. Yeah. Uh, the Galaxy game received Brain. a spiritual <laughs> successor, Shining in the Holy Ark for the Sega Saturn in 1996. Mm. I don't know anything about Shining in the Holy Ark. Shine, no, shining the Holy Ark? Shining the whole the Shine. not in. Just shining, shining the Holy oh, yeah. Ark. Shining the Holy Ark. It's yeah, it's a bit of a weird transition that this series goes into because yeah, the next couple of games are all um tactical RPGs. Um a lot more like a classic RPG game, uh, which are very fondly thought of, but uh, they're all set in like the same world and universe and share the lore. Uh, I mean, there was a, there was a lot of stuff I read that I left out of here, but like the the guy who produced this game, he went so deep on the lore of this game, and like virtually none of it's mentioned in the game at all. <laughs> well, that's cool. It is, I guess. Yeah, so like a lot of that lore was then just transferred over into the other games, and like the Kingdom of Formwood gets a mention in some of the other games, and I think in Shining in the Holy Ark, I think Pyre is actually in the game somewhere. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, so I just thought that was worth mentioning that kind of although it's all part of the same Shining series, Shining in the Holy Ark is actually kind of more of a successor to this game than the Shining Force games. Anyway. Okay, it's like it's like two branches kind of. Okay, yeah, exactly. but yeah, with, with that history out of the way, uh, we're gonna take a quick break before we move on to the story.
right, we're back. Let's go ahead and jump into the story. Yes, so this is uh, set in the kingdom known as Fawnwood. The king's daughter, slash Princess Jessa, uh, is requesting that she can spend time at the local shrine, you know, as you do. I assume mm-hmm. there's like some mm-hmm. sort of party going on in there. Um, <laughs> skins party. Uh, the king summons uh, Mortred, his most loyal knight, to escort her there, but unfortunately, both of them disappear. So the shrine, I think, is the shrine in the village, isn't it? Yeah, where you got to resurrect the guys, probably. Where you resurrect people, yeah, yeah. So I think that was they they had to go from the castle to the shrine, and they fucked it up. That's a bit of a walk. <laughs> not no, not in the game. Click. You just you just click on the <laughs> click on the picture, but I assume that's how it works in real life as well. <laughs> um, they have an out of body experience and go, I'm yeah. going to go here. Uh, once the player starts a new game after inputting their name um, and what message speed they wish for the game, uh, and visits King Drake. And his council, the player is given money to equip themselves for battle. And upon returning to the palace, a mysterious figure known as Dark Soul appears out of nowhere, sta- uh, stating he has Jessa and will not return her until Drake hands the kingdom over to Soul. And then he flees. As before, you know, that, all, that always works. Yeah. Before we go on, uh, do we only play games with Dark Blank as the antagonist? We got Dark Soul, we got Dark Fact, <clears throat> and we got Dark Force. Yeah, um, that's pretty canon for us at the moment. <laughs> I, I, just something I noticed. <clears throat> yeah, I wonder who the bad guy is going to be in uh, Seventh Saga. <laughs> Dark Gary. <laughs> Dark Lad. <laughs> it is the player's duty, as it was their idea in the first place, to find and return Mortred, who is their father, and Jessa, <clears throat> and defeat Dark Soul. <clears throat> Hero... Sorry, sorry, just an- another one. Dark Link. Dark, yeah, Dark Link, Dark Samus, <laughs> Dark, Dark Pit, all the Nintendos. <laughs> Oh, man, Hero is joined. <laughs> <laughs> they they got one idea that's pretty good. They stick with it. <laughs> Hero is joined by his friends Pyra, Mist, and Milo, <clears throat> Milo, and Milo Brax. He also receives advice from the king's minister. Hero must face four trials of the ancient strength, wisdom, courage, and truth before he can find the princess and his father. Yeah, these four trials is basically like just rummaging around in the basement. I think they're <clears> the <throat> most elaborate. annoying parts of the game. I think. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it was more fun just kind of steamrolling through the, the final labyrinth. But yeah, you know, it gave you sort of a good guide as to what's coming up, really. Yeah. Teach you all the different mechanics. Uh, a character known as uh, Galia, Gilia, is found in the Gila? Cave of Strength. And what would you say, Gila? I'd say Gila, like the like the big lizard. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> who who we had bumped into who he sorry. Gilia had bumped into prior earlier, right before she joined the party, um, when she cast slow on him, which is quite funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He first claimed that he was a mercenary hired to find the princess, although after the party finds him um, and escapes from the Cave of Strength, he then admits that he was actually after an artifact called the Orb of Truth. Uh, Until the party leaves the Cave of Strength, he'll actually join you as kind of like a fourth character that you can't control him, and he'll just occasionally like join in with combat and hit enemies as you go along. Uh, He was pretty strong as well. Uh, But he parts ways after the Strength trial is completed. Next, we visit with the King's staff after the party has passed through the Strength trial. One of the staff will tell of how this area instills fear in magic users because several of the corridors around and inside the Cave of Courage will be filled with areas on the floor that will deduct magic points with every step they take over those sections. They're just big piles of goo. We find the Orb of Truth, which will unlock the secret to the next area, the Cave of Truth. Dum, dum, dum. I like the, the so, proper nouns in this game are all really good. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, this uh, so this next area, the Cave of Truth, is opened up by using the orb on a certain glowing wall in the labyrinth, uh, which is not far from the entrance, uh, which exposes a demon wall. Uh, which is mentioned uh, that again that's also mentioned by one of drake's council so yeah uh, when i was first playing this i was kind of a bit like i feel like there's no guidance on like all these really obscure things but then you soon just learn it's because i'm not talking to anyone in the castle yeah you gotta pop into the castle chat to everyone and they will tell you everything that you need to do next yeah. in some sort of vague cryptic way but they do give you a good heads up um <clears throat> Yeah, so you yeah, so you expose the demon wall. Uh, at the end of the cave, uh, Princess Jassa seems to be found at first. You have to find an item known as the False Idol in order to free her from her bonds. But it turns out it was just a ruse, and it was actually a mini-boss uh, shapeshifter creature uh, that the team will have to defeat instead. Once defeated, we'll find the rune key, which is then required to unlock the Cave of Wisdom. And then inside Wisdom, we find a character named Dai, who's, who was earlier lurking around the tavern. Uh, Dai's dad and Dai's sister hang out in the tavern in the village, and they'd stated he'd gone to the labyrinth to try and find the princess, but they'd both feared he was dead, blah, 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 blah. We complete the cave, and into the main labyrinth. So finally. during... Yes, finally. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, then it's weird, because like, the main labyrinth is less labyrinthy than the, the trials, which are like just complete mazes. <clears throat> Yeah, exactly. The trials are complete mazes, whereas the labyrinth, despite being big and confusion, is basically just like working like your way around, trying yeah. to get out, <laughs> trying to get up. And I love the bit where you go outside the labyrinth as well. Just oh, and walk around. Yeah, that's a cool scene. Yeah, that, that was a cool little scene. I like that bit. <clears throat> yeah, so during a visit with Drake and his council, a new figure will appear giving the player a medallion, stating that if half of it is left in a gold fountain, which are just found around the labyrinth, the player can be transported back to that area. <clears throat> it was also reported that Melville, one of the king's council, had disappeared. Unfortunately, upon further visit with Drake and the council, they not only reveal that he is Dark Soul, but he also pays the party a visit in the tavern, asking the player to join with him. Once the player refuses, Soul mocks him for it and disappears. I think I thought that was a pretty cool scene where he just shows up mm. and he's like, hey, you suck. Well, yeah, this was it. You get into the labyrinth, you get to the end of the first floor, and then they give you the medallion, which is the coolest item in the game. It's, it's such it a good mechanic. To, yeah, because it just suddenly allows you to fast travel. And, um, and the best thing about it is detention, because you have to put it in the fountain. Then basically you go up to the next floor, you try and complete that floor, until you find the next golden fountain at the end of the floor, which normally involves killing a boss first. But then you have to transport back to the old medallion, pick it up out of the gold fountain, and then yeah, carry so safety, it with you. Your safety net is now gone while it's in your pocket, because if you exactly. die and you have to go back to town, like you can't just teleport back in. I thought it was that was a really cool mechanic. Yeah. I, that's what I mean. Despite the fact I knew that I was oh, like buff, more buffed, you know, I'd go outside, I'd heal up, get back to my medallion, pick it up, and like I'd be leveled up compared to when I first entered that part, of the, the, like the second floor of the labyrinth, for instance. But I still felt really tense, just like, you know, it only takes one one of those dark things with the bloody Grim Reaper sword yeah. thing aside, <laughs> insta-kill. To, 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 to insta-kill my party. And I'm, and I'm suddenly back having to do the whole labyrinth yeah, again to get back to where I was. Floor. So, yeah, so there was genuinely just like, oh, my God, I've got to get to the next fucking fountain now without any incidents. <laughs> <laughs> Have I got all my items? Yes. <laughs> Am I protected as much as I can? Yes. Yeah. Go. Um, yeah, just absolutely. Yeah, that that was great. That really added some good tension into the game. Uh, but, yeah, it was just like there was just a lot of story suddenly at the end of the first dungeon, at yeah. the end of the first floor of the labyrinth. So, like, it, it kind of sounds like there's a decent amount as we're going through this. But playing the game, you're just like walking and punching monsters. Oh. 
Yeah, that is that is 80% of the game. No, sorry. 60% of the game is walking, punching monsters. 39% of the game is stuck in a menu trying to sell items. Yep. Absolutely. And then, then the other 1% is what we're talking about now. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's a good breakdown. Uh, the true meaning of the labyrinth is also revealed during this session with the council, as it's really uh, a place for the fo- uh, fo- uh, for the forces of light and darkness. So the forces of light created it to kind of trap darkness within. Uh, Dark Soul's intent was to acquire all the dark powers from within the labyrinth. Uh, the team is also informed that there are four special weapons, which are the weapons of light, uh, that can be used against Dark Soul. Uh, now that only a true knight can use, uh, which he will also uh, then Dark Soul also appears again. I've written this sentence, ter- this phrase terribly, sorry. <laughs> Dark Soul then <laughs> appears okay, back again in the throne room, uh, telling the king to leave and that he'll be waiting for the player in the labyrinth. Oh, by the way, what did you call your, what did you call your main guy? How, was it four characters or five characters? I think I called him uh, Skill. I think I did S-K-E-L. Because yeah, I, I, I would never do Brett with only one T. That That's just, <laughs> that's cursed. That's Brett. um yeah no i called mine dave ah yeah of course i know i think no you could because my game that i originally had where i was playing on my iphone i called him steve okay i probably called him brett then um but yeah i was just like i like you know i like even naming it if someone's nominated a game i like to try and name my character after that person or if it's not i like to try and just find like a nice bland name (laughs) sorry to all you daves out there Dave's a good name. My name's Bill. Like, I haven't got the most yeah, exciting name got, in the world. You either. got the most generic <laughs> possible. No, you're not Joe. We're just, we got to stop. We're just roasting everybody accidentally. Anyway, All right. Uh, Princess uh, Jessa, I think, yeah. I think it's me. Give me, give me. Yes. Princess give me. Jessa can finally be found near the end, although, it, as it turned out, Morchid was turned by a dark weapon and was serving Dark Soul and had to be killed in battle <clears> in order to free the princess. You got to, Star Wars, your father. Yes, yeah, I probably should have mentioned that Mortridge is your dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Mortridge, your dad, he was the best knight in the land. He was the one who took Jessa to the shrine. He disappeared with Jessa. That's why you went on this mission to find the princess and your dad. When you find your dad, he's basically being possessed and you have to kill him. I thought that and was then a cool he has thing a sat- And literally, it's proper Darth Vader. Like, you knock his helmet off. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, goes, and he's like sitting there dying. <laughs> Thank you for freeing me from my bonds. Yeah. <laughs> Dad, no! Uh, once Dark Soul is found, <clears throat> he takes on a few forms before finally being defeated in battle. Upon leaving the prop, uh, the labyrinth proper, uh, you cannot, it cannot be entered anymore. All the shops in the village are closed, and the party... Well, you basically, all you can do is go to the palace and um, talk to the king. All the, the party all receive a promotion. Prior is... Uh, she, gets, she gets to go to study as a wizard with Zan, Zanzex, or whatever his name was. That's a proper <laughs> wizard name. Yeah, I, m- I remember looking at that name, which is like, I'm not even going to bother thinking about how to say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so she gets to join them, um, and Milo, he gets to join the council, and then you, the player, gets to become the first knight of the kingdom. And yeah, at one point, at one point, you, we make the princess cry, don't we? Yeah, we I have to get her that. tears for some point. For We put yeah. her tears in a fountain, and then a <laughs> sprite comes out and is like, hey, now here's a the light sword i think something like that oh no happens. she no yeah no the sprite powers if you've got all of the light armor and the light sword which you equip onto your main character uh she buffs all of them so they all get ah, more defense more attack power but also it acts as a healing spring which is the first time ever and it's right by the end of the game yeah so it's essentially like come back here 
<laughs> use your medallion, walk to me, I'll heal you, then you've got a little bit further to walk until you face Dark Soul. So at least you kind of are going to be in good shape. Um, yeah, so I just comp- that bit wasn't in the story, but yeah, we made we made the princess cry for some reason because we're mean <laughs> bastards. And we use it to our advantage. <clears throat> that is it, and then we end with the usual, you know, there's no new game plus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's normally just a wizard lying down. <laughs> oh Man, god, the wizard on the game over we'll, screen. We'll, we'll, oh, we'll talk about say, him. Yeah, yeah. All right, <laughs> so that's it really. So let's move in to the gameplay acts aspects of this Genesis classic. So we have three main gameplay aspects which the player can access by using the Thornwood map. One aspect is dialogue with Drake and his council along with the other characters along with other characters in other parts of the game who will give the player tips as they embark on their quest. Another aspect of the gameplay involves taking care of the in-game characters which can be done in the village uh, where you can save the game in the shrine as well as cure members of various maladies uh, or be resurrected um, or also remove curses. Yes. Uh, you can regain all hit points and magic points by to- uh, by taking a room at the tavern for a night which you always can... stays at 30 gp which is nice it's 10 10, yeah. 10 gold per person it's very cheap you can buy and sell back various weapons armor and other items to do battle keep up players health return to the village in case of emergency and more it's a nice little town it is uh, the last and most common aspect of the game involves the battle. A Shining in the Darkness is a turn-based RPG where the player, the team slash team, will be attacked at random times in the labyrinth by creatures. The players can attempt to run, use an item or magic uh, against the creatures. They can defend themselves rather than attack or fight. Uh, and then after every successful encounter, characters will earn gold and experience points. If the player or the entire team becomes paralyzed or dies, the game will continue in the shrine uh, as the Valkyrie delivers the player or their team's uh, remains <laughs> back to the shrine, which the holy man there will bring anyone back to life. But it costs gold. Yeah, he takes. If you die, if everyone dies, you get a game <clears throat> over. You don't get a game over, which is nice, but you lose half your money and you have to go back to town. Hmm. Now I kept this gameplay section fairly short <laughs> because yeah. yeah I, I kind of felt like that was literally the basics of everything in the game. Yeah, you kind of <laughs> just described like a, an RPG. <laughs> like you hit exactly. guys and you level up. There wasn't much else to it. Now, kind of the things that this game does well is the fact that like the enemy sprites are really cool. There's a lot of color, there's a lot of palette swaps, but as you get deeper into the dungeon, they do get cooler and cooler. Do you know what I mean? You stop bumping yeah. into slimes after the first couple of caves. Do you know what I mean? You know, you get red slimes, blue slimes, green slimes. 
but then you, you the, go up and you start the monkey crying. guy the monkey yeah. guy with the fire sword where he's holding yeah, then, it right in his uh <clears throat> crotchal region and it looks like he just has a flaming wiener yeah and then towards the end <laughs> oh my god the guy with the flaming wiener towards the end he was brilliant <laughs> <laughs> i'm i like there is literally no other way of descri- describing it this monkey thing has a big flame coming out where its dick should be and it's just like is that coming out of his hand or is that coming out and it's, like, it looks like his hands dagger. like no, but it looks like the hands just slightly off. Do you know what I mean? So it, oh, I don't know. I I literally <laughs> thought because I, I I bumped into three of them. I was just like, "Fuck me! Why are these three monkeys waving their dicks at me?" <laughs> but yeah, it's like that's what I mean. You get some really cool stuff like that, and I loved the design. I mean, despite the fact the labyrinth was very repetitive because you only had just like the same color going past you, and the color palette just changed each time. When you get to the fifth floor, and it because suddenly becomes like this like ancient Egyptian type thing. Yeah, there's like like, just like oh. hieroglyphs on the wall and stuff. Mm. And the music as well. Every time you went up a floor, I felt like the music got better. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I really like that. But yeah, it gets very expensive though to resurrect your characters the higher level they are. <laughs> I will say that. Um, did you manage to mess around with any of the crafting as well? Uh, yes, actually, I did a little bit because you can like you find like mithril ore and stuff around. Uh, but yeah. one of the, like the cool things I found was a I forget what it's called, but it's like the the cursed crafting item where if you craft it, it becomes yeah, like a dark, cursed a item. dark block. Yeah, dark block. <laughs> Another dark thing. Um, so I did that with Pyra. I did that with her weapon, and it turned out to be like yeah. a cursed whip, which attacked groups. Because in in battle, there's like sometimes enemies just kind of are considered the same unit kind of like you can target them all with the spell that hits groups i guess um mm. but her her whip would hit groups uh but it would have like a like a 30 percent chance of after she attacked it would paralyze her but it was just so much stronger than any of her other weapons where she'd like hit and kill a bunch of guys and then she'd be like okay i can't use her for mm. two turns but it would be better than using her for like five with her regular shitty weapons because i don't want to use up all her magic yeah i did i did the same thing um i basically i i ran through the dungeons as blind as possible just to try and enjoy it a bit <laughs> uh you know especially once i got four times speed and i could actually just grind happily on the side in a, in a uh. weaker part of the dungeon but um <clears throat> yeah I, every time i got to the end of a section i would bring up um the guide i think it's one of the, like the um i forgot what I call it. yeah I, 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 there was a guide basically which at the end of each section had an equipment check Oh. and then there was a point yeah when you get your first dark block it was just like yeah make sure you get the hex whip from the <laughs> trader i was just like it was the hex cool. whip and then when i googled it it was just like what's the hex whip and it was like it's her second strongest weapon in the game oh, and you sick. can get it at, and you can get it like really early on in the game so it's just like and it said the same thing it said like you'll probably hit and kill every enemy on screen with it uh, and then it'll wrap her up and like yeah, I just went around just like flailing things all the way up. <laughs> and yeah, the only weapon you can get for it stronger is a is a is a um uh what do you call it a stick? <laughs> Staff. Yeah, but the stick doesn't even whack groups. Yeah, exactly. The stick doesn't whack groups, and it doesn't. Neither of them affect her magic power. So it's just like, well, why would you? You just had the hex whip. Yeah. And you know, that thirty percent chance of getting entangled is not bad. But then that led me down a rabbit hole. I was just like, oh, what did the other dark blocks do? And um some of them are terrible like yeah I, if I you think I got like one an armor or something that just like always paralyzed my guy and i'm like okay well i don't want that yeah yeah there was a helmet there was a helmet that always paralyzed and it's just like so you can't do anything you will just be paralyzed the whole time you wear it <laughs> and it's the most powerful helmet in the game but it's just like but what's the point yeah you guys are standing <laughs> there getting punched by dick goblins yeah and then um yeah yeah i think one of the other things to talk about is the magic 
which um, I, again I mostly just saved my magic for healing because my my entire thing was I would just wait until I was almost out of MP my my party's life was pretty low and then I would use uh, an angel feather to get out. And we're, I know you gonna, didn't realize what the angel feathers were. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have an argument here because, uh, yeah, the angel feather brings you back to town, but there's also a spell you can just use to go back to town, and then you don't have to go into the shop and go through the like the horrible <laughs> UI, which we'll talk about, and buy another uh, angel feather. Yeah, okay. The shop UI. You probably win on that one. <laughs> um, oh, God, the menu system in the shop. Uh, yeah, I, I liked having the angel feather. It was only 24 gold, and it, uh, it meant I could use one extra healing spell, at least, Okay. while I was up there, which which could sometimes get me an extra level. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I always preferred it. Now, item space in this, thing, in this game is very limited. Each character yeah. has uh, eight item slots, which by the time you get a little chunk into the game, four of them are taken up with your helmet, your shield your body armor and your weapon yeah <laughs> so you've only got four extra four, spaces four per... <laughs> yeah so four eight twelve so you get 12 spaces right for items and that's that's it so items are precious so the first thing i didn't take any sort of smelling salts or anything like that ever yeah no i don't think i ever used any of those <clears throat> yeah for me it was just one angel feather and then uh healing herbs or healing fruit as it went later on into the game I didn't even that use those because I just had like <clears throat> like mithril blocks I was too poor to buy anything with. So my <laughs> inventory is just full of like crap I can't use that may I may mm. be able to use in the future. Yeah. Oh, and what I found, um, again, I got this out of the guide as well. With the mithril ore, you can make mithril armor, which is like the third or like about the third best armor in the game. You can only get better armor right at the very end of the game. It was really expensive to get it with the trader. But if you used it on Milo, you basically got like magical items, like a magical cloak, like a mithril okay. cloak or something. Yeah, I think I got like a magic shield or something for him. <clears throat> yeah, but what they, what the guide said is like everything that you, if everything you can craft with the hero, who I think is called Hero if you leave his name blank, um, uh, everything you can craft with him can be equipped on Milo. So you're better off saying, I want to get a helmet for the hero. And then when you go and pick it up, give it to Milo. Put it on Milo's head. Because it's, be it's better than the one that Milo gets crafted for him. Oh, that's that's <laughs> so they were like, strange. Yeah, so they were like, get get the Mithril armor for a hero. Give it to Milo. It's <laughs> just like, okay. <laughs> Milo, you're getting all of my second-hand stuff here. <laughs> all my hand-me-downs. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, should we talk about... Yeah, let's talk about the, the shop UI. Yeah, or yeah, like the UI in general, because the the using oh. like healing spells and stuff, I felt like it was the same sort of headache. Yeah, it definitely was. So you'd have to open up your menu, and then you get basically like four options. You have to choose that, and then it takes you to a sub menu with four options, and that's that's the entire control scheme. But it's so clunky getting around it, and it doesn't feel very intuitive either. So yeah. you'd have to go into a shop, and you'd have to go to sell pick your item sell the item are you sure yes and then like all oh, right i've got enough money to buy that sword for the for hero so or dave as i call him yep. so you go you go in and then you can go to that menu and then if there's if the item screen's full which is just like a list along the bottom you have to come out of it and he goes do you want to see some more stuff and you go yes and then he'll show you the next set of items the, the two things on the next page yeah and then you have to go okay i'm gonna buy this sword and he goes who do you want to give it to and then you're like oh i have to give it to dave but dave's items oh, dave's are full inventory up. is full 
So I'm going to give it to Milo. And then you have to come out, come out of the shop, open up your menu, go to item, go to give, go to Milo, select the sword, and then swap it with something on Heroes Things so he can then equip the sword. And it's just like, oh, it was so clunky. Yeah, it takes And it so was, long. it's just like, I dreaded it. Like, I'd be finishing a, I'd be finishing a part of the dungeon feeling pretty good about myself. Uh, sorry, the labyrinth. Feeling pretty damn good about myself. You know, I've just done floor three of the labyrinth. Oh, I've got to go back to town and go through half an hour of item inventory yeah, management. Like making and it no so... four times speed makes it easy. Yeah, <laughs> it the, like the improvement on your character is like <clears throat> the the worst part of the game where you're like, I don't want to get the better sword for my guy. Like that that is that is a missed opportunity, I think, because that should always be like, hell yeah, new sword for my guy. But it's like I don't want to go through these damn menus, dude. Like yeah, I, I, can't, I, I can't be bothered. <laughs> I specifically wrote down how to heal for somebody. So you uh, open the menu, you click spell, or yeah, you p- click your par- character, then you go down to the spell, you'll h- click heal, then you'll click the power level, because every time you level up a spell, mm. you can do <clears throat> like one, two, or three, it does oh, different, uh, you know, yeah. stronger, the amount, weaker. <clears throat> the amount of times towards the end of the game where I'd accidentally choose the strongest power spell, which took and up like 50 MP, mana. Yeah. which is like, yeah, it's like quarter of your mana, and <laughs> and it's and because it healed everyone a lot. Where it's yeah. just like it was more cost effective to use the heal a lot single one because that was thirty MP and you could do that each time. But it's not more for the time same effect as fifty MP. It's not. Yeah, it's not as time effective, which yeah, admittedly pick, is better. You pick the power level, then you pick <clears> the character, and then you, your character gets healed, and then it goes, it backs all the way out. Like you can't hit heal and then heal your guy twice, and then heal the next guy twice, and then heal the next guy twice. You heal <clears> once, and then you have to do that whole thing again, like all seven same. steps. Yeah, same with equipping as well. You had to yeah. go in, equip, and then you had to equip the sword, equip your chest, equip your head. <laughs> yeah, equip, if you and equip if, your arm. If you and then want once to you get to the end, shield, you have to equip it, everything else. It's yeah, exactly. And then once you got to the end, it would just take you out of the menu. So then you'd have to go back in if you wanted to do it for your next character. Although I did find, as long as you didn't equip, like if you didn't need to change the head thing, you could back out of it, and it would still have the equipment, and then you'd be still in the menu. Yeah, so you have. And I found like that slightly out. quicker. Yeah, I've, and I found that sl- like it was more button presses, but I found it quicker than letting you know the menu fade away and then having yeah. to bring it back up. Ah, oh, yeah, fun times. <laughs> and then, um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, just you want to talk about you want to talk about saving the game with the the fucking wizard? Yes, I was trying to remember. I was thinking there's something else in the shrine I wanted to talk about. Uh, yeah, so you or go to the shrine. should we say not? Should we say not saving the game? <laughs> You go to the shrine. I did, this, uh, I did this three times, by the you, way. You go revive your characters or whatever. It costs you some money, and then after you revive your guys, he's like, "Hey, do you want to save the game?" And then uh, at this point, you're mashing either hopefully, hopefully the confirm button. Um, but let's say you're mashing the cancel button, and you say, "Oh no, I don't. I don't really need to save right now." He's like, "Okay, do you want to keep on playing?" Oh, I just mash cancel. I guess he'll take that as a no. Okay, we'll see you next time. And then yeah. uh, the screen fades out, and then the screen fades back in on a wizard, and the wizard's like, oh, okay, see you around. And then the wizard takes a nap, and that's it. That's it. You, you have to reset You have to you reset can't go your back console. to the, the title screen from there. Like, it's just a, a, a still image of a sleeping wizard. And, yeah, and it's just like, and you haven't saved your game, and you've just lost an entire yeah, floor's progress. You didn't, you like, it asks you if you want to leave if you don't save, which I think is like... I, I don't know, man. It, that Because that happened to me once, and I lost the entire floor, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to play this game anymore. Oh, it, ha- it happened to me three times, and I was oh. just like, I was just, again, I was glad that I'd switched from using the uh, the official game app 
<laughs> to what I was using. So I was like, oh, good. I, I did make a save state just before that last boss. Like, <laughs> so I don't have to replay too much. It's definitely user error there because, like, if you just hit the confirm button instead of the cancel button, it wouldn't happen. But, like, why? <clears throat> why can't you just, like, <laughs> why does it? Why is there a button that says, hey, do you want to stop playing? And then, like, okay. <laughs> Here you go. Here's a JPEG. Like, because if I want to stop playing, if I'm playing an old game, I walk up and I press the button. I flick the switch and then I yeah, stop playing. Yeah, I save it. I save it myself and then I turn my PlayStation off yeah. or I turn my Sega off. I like, don't, I don't go, have to go to the safety sleeping wizard to be like, okay, now my now I know my save won't get corrupted. This guy's watching over it. I mean, maybe that's why they put it in there. Just to, so, just so that people waited the right amount of time for the save to make sure it was yeah, in the like, Okay, Wizzy's not doing nothing. He's not even moving. No, it's not bubble is like expanding. There's no Zeds <laughs> flying up his head. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I kept. Bit. I'm glad I kept this section short because it's given us more to talk about. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can't really think of much else really. I mean, there was. Um, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. There was the. Um, uh, there was the spinning blocks inside the labyrinth. Oh yeah, which rotated which, you around? Oh yeah, yeah that could, reminds me, because you were you were talking about using guides, um, because this game does not give you a map. This game expects you to <laughs> get out some damn graph paper. Um, I did not, I did not get out some damn graph paper. I went to the internet. Did you not use the in-game guide? D- don't mess with me. I know there was no. No, map. no, no. Pyre has a spell called Vision. Oh yeah, well it shows you like six squares around MP. you. It's, nah, and it takes more forever to I, use because you have to go into the damn spell menu and it takes like 30 <laughs> seconds to see no, six I, squares in front of you. I, I use that a lot just to see whereabouts I was in the dungeon. Like I said, I, I've, I've got a pretty good like map brain, if that makes sense. Like yeah. Once I've been somewhere once in these... Because like, this is like my third dungeon crawler now. <clears throat> I've done... Uh, Fantasy Star 1, which is, again, most incredible game. Um, uh, and Double Dungeons, which, again, is the most fucking god-awful, boring. <laughs> uh, it's Fantasy Star 3, basically. It is it do, What it does, it does well, but it's boring. <laughs> it's just long, long, long and repetitive. But, yeah, once I've kind of been around a few corridors, it's, like, mentally mapped in my brain. I'm, pre- okay. I'm pretty good at that sort of stuff. Like, I can drive somewhere once, and I won't need to use a sat-nav again. Because, like, like, I... Yeah. It's I weird use, skill. <laughs> I think I used Vision once or twice when I was like, okay, where am I? I have to cross-reference this against the <laughs> this guide that I'm using. But like, I don't think I would be able to use that to to to, to get around. No, like my, maybe my... maybe in the latter part of the game because I gave up pretty early because like the the trials are so much more mazy than like the the floors of the labyrinth so yeah because i i memorized like floor two and three just because i <laughs> i ran up and down them so many damn times but uh <laughs> yeah i don't know oh yeah toilet floor and two. oh yeah i forgot um you can use uh you have to get the mystic rope don't you later on in the game oh yeah and then and you, you can climb you can go up doors. and down for, yeah so you just note as you're walking along just suddenly you'd see a big black square above your head and you could use your mystic rope to go up but then that was also, te- although like there would always be a really short section, it'd literally be like go down a few squares, cross and back up to go to fall back down. Yeah, it was really scary because that was a level ups enemies. Yeah, and they get they get and tough when you. They ascend. were yeah. because the first time I did it, I was just like, oh wow, look, I'm on like floor four or something. This is really cool, and I got into like a a fight with a mob of six dragons that just kicked the shit <laughs> out of me. I was like, ah, I don't want to go up here. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. And then occasionally when you're walking past them as well, like enemies drop down from it. Yeah. Like Lilith, soul I thief, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I like I, I like I, some I, of that stuff because like, yeah, those guys would drop from the ceiling or sometimes you'd walk up to a corner and like a crab would scuttle across or you'd be going down like a long hallway and like this big ball <laughs> would bound in front of you. Because oh, most yeah, of the encounters, that. they're just like like jrpg like a guy suddenly appears in front of you but i really like those ones where like or a guy would pop out of the water that's directly in front of you like i thought that oh. stuff was pretty cool i found the um uh what was it the the big skeleton thing towards the end with like who's got like red bandana and like six arms oh yeah and yeah extra axes and he would just like crawl out of the floor yeah <laughs> and he was a tough <laughs> tough bastard hard. he was right yeah there was like there was one that just kept spawning around where you rescue princess jassa yeah and oh yeah he was a beast i hated those, that thing those ball guys killed me a lot the guys that just oh, like yeah. down down the hallways well the one with the big hand yeah yeah not not the dinosaur egg <laughs> randomly hatches yes in the basement. no dinosaur egg kind of sucks <laughs> well i because yeah that that dinosaur egg like that was the boss of the second trial i think and i literally walked straight to it by accident <laughs> i just got in there and i was like okay i'm gonna go here 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 just like yeah i'm gonna turn right here just just randomly walking around trying to get my level up yeah and then he just suddenly rolled out in front of me and i was just like oh shit <laughs> and then i had it's to explore thing, the rest of the cave to find the key that i needed <laughs> <laughs> it's just like man i've already done the boss let me <laughs> out, let me out. make him drop um, yeah one other thing that sucked that i wrote uh the status ailments like somebody would get poisoned and you'd like you go into <gasps> oh. the menu and you hit the uh like poisona or whatever it's called antidote um and then you'd look for who was poisoned but it does not show who is poisoned unless you go no. specifically into the status screen yes which uh, it's just yeah, like put, I'd be put like psn on the character please i beg of you because where i was playing at four times speed i'll suddenly be like what's that on the screen and i'd be like i'd have to slow it down and i'd realize oh it's the poison light yeah, it's flashing. <laughs> something's flashing i was like what's going on with my screen because at floor time speed you can't notice it as much <laughs> as i was like oh someone's poisoned and i go into my yeah you'd have to go to your status menu and go like oh okay milo's poisoned yeah, then find guy. someone to then find someone to cure him <laughs> it's just like go through oh, the damn. seven steps to use a spell again <clears throat> yeah and, and then you accidentally like... mash one too many times and you use it on hero and you're like okay well that's just wasted four mana and i have to go back in <laughs> And I think it was the Cave of Truth. I kept running into like mobs of like six or eight mushrooms who would oh. all cast sleep on the party. And it was yeah. just like, it was just devastating. It's just like, oh, this... because yeah, it was just like they weren't powerful enough to really hurt me badly. But it would just take so long because I'd have to wait for someone to wake up and then they'd hit a toadstool, maybe kill it. And then the next toadstool would then cast sleep again. Yeah. Like, oh, for fuck's sake. A lot, of, a lot of frustration in this game. <laughs> Yeah, but overall, I did like I say, I did find the exploring of the labyrinth pretty cool, and I did enjoy that. that yeah, was all right. there was a, there was a period where I'm like, wow, I hate this game, and then I I like got out of it. I ascended upwards, and I don't know how I, how I feel about it. I'll f- we'll find that out in a sec, I guess. But like, I I feel more positive than I previously did. Yeah, same here. You know, I just hated the menu, and I hated being outside of the labyrinth because it meant yeah. I had to go to the shops. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't think of much else I've got to add on to the gameplay, really. Yeah. Uh, when you, another weird little nitpick, when you like rotate, the floor rotates with you, but the walls don't, and it, it like, it just kind of made my stomach go. Ugh. Oh, I didn't notice that. It was, it was just like a weird, hmm. a weird thing. Probably, probably can notice it at four times speed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just blasting through it. Yeah, uh, it was great. Uh, it was such an improvement. Like, I think I got to like the fourth trial on the mobile app 
And I was just like, this is just too slow. This is just going to take me forever. It's a pretty, it's so, a pretty slow game. Yeah, so I, when I put it on my uh, when I when I got it on my official hardware with a four times speed up, um, <clears throat> I I literally I got through the first three trials in about half an hour. Yeah, I, I spent like ten minutes grinding, um, but it was like it was like doing an hour's worth of grinding <laughs> normally. It yeah, was just and like, like level up a lot in this game. Yeah. Also, I just I I skipped a lot of the conversation, not caring about it. Yeah. <laughs> but also, at four times speed, you're a lot more likely to accidentally not save and quit the game. When yes. You're at the shrine. That's why that goddamn wizard. Oh, that goddamn wizard. Okay. Um. Yep. Yeah, that's it from me. Should we get into the scores? Yeah. Let's do some scores. Okay, right now I've got a handy little spreadsheet that you can't see, which should calculate things as we go along. So let's see if this works nicely. So, Brett, how would you rate the story of this game? Uh, I feel like the story is like the most standard thing ever. Like, hey, go rescue the princess. There's some cool stuff like, hey, your dad's Darth Vader. Um, Like, I don't know. I'm bouncing between a five and a six. Five, probably. I'm gonna go with a four. Again, I kind of feel the same as you. It's very generic. Like, yeah, it was cool that your dad turned out to be being controlled by the bad people, which is just controlception. So very bored of that subject in like JRPGs after teleporting. The dark fact come into into the tavern and then like mind erasing the tavern owner was a kind of a cool scene. Yeah, and then I, I like the bits where like um, Pyra and Milo's mother and dad <laughs> would oh, yeah. just randomly just kick everyone out of the pub and then just have a go at you. <laughs> but again, I just felt like there just wasn't much story in here. It's yeah. very generic. What we just said was probably like like seventy percent or something. <laughs> um, Combat-wise, I'm gonna give it a six. For me, it was mostly just mash attack until things die. Yeah. Um, yeah, not not great. Yeah, I'm gonna go probably four because uh, like yeah, probably 95% of fights I just did attack, and then like near near the end of the game I did magic a little bit just because it was like a little bit faster, <laughs> and I kind of wanted to be done the game. Um, yeah, four <laughs> four sounds about right. Now, non combat. So I'm struggling with this one. <clears throat> All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go first, but I'm struggling because you've got two sides of the coin. Very enjoyable exploring the dungeon everything else sucks 
Yeah. <laughs> so like, I don't know where I am with this one. Because this is normally the, like, you know, exploration and menus. <laughs> the UI looks nice. I like the icons. There's like a nodding head for yes or like a shaking head for no. And it's in like the shining art style, which is pretty, pretty. But mm. uh, like the the actually using it is, oh, it's really bad. It's so slow and so clunky and you have to do it so many times. And it takes so long and there's so many options and you have to press the damn button like a thousand times to do one thing. Um, And I don't, I probably like the exploration of dungeon less than you because like i was just looking at a map on my second monitor the entire time <laughs> uh oh geez i don't know like because i did I, it was a little bit fun going back and like grabbing the treasures that i missed afterwards but like probably oh, I found that very annoying probably like a two i really didn't like the the not combat i like i didn't really like the combat but i really didn't like the not combat of this game sorry what, what did you give me i'm gonna give it a two Two. Oh my god i thought it was not great all right i'm gonna i'm gonna go over five because again i'm so torn down the middle of i loved exploring the dungeons but i didn't like just everything else <laughs> i didn't like the menu you know system I'll, I'll, i feel that's too harsh give me a three because i it was kind of like a little puzzle game where i'm like looking at this map and then looking at my screen and being like hey where am i so okay. that, was, that was kind of, uh, I don't know if it was fun, but it was like a little bit of a brain puzzle. Now, graphics, I'm actually going to go for an 8. Um, this is, you know, I've, I've played lots of Genesis games. It's got that Genesis kind of weird grainy quality to it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe that. But yeah, it's um, it's kind of good. I just love the enemy sprites, the enemy move. Uh, although they just jiggled on the screen, it just kind of added a bit of life to them. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I just, I, I just, I, I enjoyed looking at this game. I thought it was quite very nicely done. The sprite work was gorgeous. Yeah, I like the shining character design too. Like just the way that guy like draws people and like elves and little guys is like, it's it's very <laughs> Western <laughs> fantasy through like a <laughs> like an Eastern lens, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, the dungeon itself was, for the most part, ugly as hell. <laughs> like, the enemies and the characters are great, but, like, looking at the, the tiles of the dungeon was just like, ugh. Uh, I saw it now, like a seven. Seven. Okay. Uh, then music. I didn't like the music, if I'm honest. Dungeon uh, Floor 2, I think, had quite had the coolest track, and then Floor 5 was second. But otherwise, it was a bit short and like dum, da, da, dum, da, dum, da, da, da. yeah there was a lot of that for <laughs> sure <laughs> it's just like oh yeah i i i i'm gonna give it a free not oh, not geez. one of my favorite soundtracks ever i i think it for me it was mostly like not super memorable to oh hold on my cats are freaking out i gotta let them out uh, I'm going to sing the shop theme tune. <laughs> Alright, I'm back. What are we talking about? East 3? Yeah, East 3. Uh, the music of East 3 is a 10 out of 10. Oh, that, man, that music was so good. <laughs> I know. So think of that, and now think of the shining music. Okay. Oh man, I was gonna give it a, like a pretty decent score. I think it fits the vibe of like the. Yeah, but now, now remember the shop theme. 
<laughs> the shop theme okay it was really goofy i remember that specifically i, I also didn't really like the battle theme i remember um i didn't like, i didn't like the battle theme because it would be interrupting the cool <laughs> floor theme yeah the castle was nice i think if i'm remembering correctly i don't i think it was for the most part i think it was fine like i'm bouncing between like a six and a seven probably um how mean have i been in this game i've been pretty nice let's go six I was mean, and then I was nice again. So I'll be mean again. <laughs> so final scores here. Now, I've, I've been pretty mean to this game. Uh, but overall feel, I'm going to give it a seven. I, I I enjoyed my time with the game. It was, frus- again, the menus were frustrating. Wasn't Secret of Mana frustrating, but <laughs> they were frustrating. Okay, hold on. So the Secret of Mana menus are way better than you, the menus in Shadow of the No, no, no. The, the ring oh. system is fucking terrible. Frost is going to throw you <laughs> off a bridge. <laughs> I know he is, <laughs> but, but honest, honestly, and this, I'm not, I'm not doing this just to be like, you know, it's not a bit uh, jokey. <laughs> it's not a bit. I honestly think Shining in the Darkness, despite how bad the menu system is, I still think it's slightly better than Secret of Mana's ring system. Okay, you, you're, um, yeah, I'll, so. you can have that opinion. <laughs> I, I can. It's probably wrong, but I, I do have that. I do have that opinion deep within me. <laughs> yeah overall feel because there was a yeah a period like in the last couple trials like i really hated this game like it probably would have been like a two um mm. but like as as i went through it and i started leveling up and i'm like oh i get so, these kind of spells are a little bit cooler and i got this cool whip now like the curse items the the medallion actually that kind of maybe that's why i bumped up non-combat to two to three because the medallion mechanic is like really really good so yeah i think i i if I was a scale, I would be leaning. I don't know. Would I be leaning positive? I would I either be leaning directly flat or maybe like a tiny, tiny bit positive. Let's go. Uh, uh, let's go five. I don't know. I probably wouldn't five. recommend Shining in the Darkness as like okay. a game to play. All right, middling score is then. And then for the final boss, um, he was a bit of a bastard to be honest with you. He killed me twice. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I was really, I was really low level the first. Oh, time. you were. <laughs> that's true. I was. Oh, I no, think I was no. like the highest level in the Discord or something. No, I managed to. Yeah, I fought. No, I fought him, and I was. Um, I hadn't gone. I hadn't done the whole thing with um, the princess crying. Ah. Uh, and so I hadn't. Had, I hadn't had, had, I hadn't had any of my light, shit buffed up. The light yeah, sword so, and the late armor and stuff. Yeah, so I was a bit stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah he he was um he was a little bit more difficult so he completely he literally wiped me in one turn on <laughs> oh my god and then when i went back because i had to go back through the dungeon i i leveled up a lot and then he was a bit e- he was a bit easy i got to his second form and then he wiped me with that demon breath thing and then the third uh, time i got him so i had a good time because he was a tough boss that took me three goes so i'm gonna give him a seven out of ten because okay. i i like i like a difficult end boss yeah glutton for punishment like I, I was a bit. I remember specifically being a bit disappointed at first because I was fighting him and it was like this cool. He was in this cool environment, but it was just. It, it starts with just the regular battle music, and I'm like, what the? How dare they? Um, but yeah, you go into a second form, and then he gets like a cool boss theme, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I thought I don't know. It was a, it was a good ending to a okay game. So yeah, seven sounds about right. Cool, and yeah, you got uh, your your levels were fifty two. <laughs> 48 and 50 ah thank you and uh, i was trying to see what mine was i can find it quickly and there's the fire dicks <laughs> yeah i specifically remember posting a picture <laughs> of the, the little, uh, little monkeys yes i was level 47 43 and 45 oh yeah way lower 
Well, sorry, what was your, I forgot what your final boss call was. Uh, final boss was a seven. I, I believe <laughs> I agreed with you. <laughs> sorry. Right, okay. Now, that's pretty good. So that means um, I gave the story a four. Uh, combat six non-combat five graphics eight music three overall feel seven final boss seven which doesn't count to the final scores so i gave it a total of 33 out of 60 which is a 55 percent out of 100 that feels right <laughs> yep uh and yeah you're pretty close brett you gave it five for story four for combat three non-combat seven for graphics six for music five for overall fill seven for the final boss which doesn't count so you gave it 30 out of 60 which is a smack on 50 percent i was completely level i was right my scale is just flat on both ends <laughs> which is yeah which means you we overall gave it a 52.5 yeah percent which is way down on the list that's in our bottom segment how has this happened to me and you twice? We've done this like, I think we've done this like four times. And this is the I second mean, time I've heard that's way at the bottom. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, Fantasy Star 3 is second from bottom with Hydelide propping it up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, then we've got Double Dungeons, Final Lap Twin, which I have to re-review that one day. There's no way it can be that low. Rich, Rich was overly harsh on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Dungeon Explorer, Gateway to Ashfire, Willow. And then that's where this one slots in. We've rated okay. this one worse than Sword of a Million. Sword of a Million is way worse than this game. <laughs> way, way like, worse. You know? Um, only, only my scores are canon. So that's it. Way, way down on the list. That's number 40, 42 on the list <laughs> of games we've reviewed. Okay. So 93, if you add our scores together, 93%? Uh, yeah, roughly. 90, uh, 92.5. Oh, those Sega guys are inflating the numbers still. At Sega Superpower Magazine or whatever the hell. <laughs> yeah, 91% they gave it. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I put that in there because it's just like, nah, that, that's, that's <laughs> all shit. Right, okay, let's get into everybody's feedback of the game. All right, let's go. Uh, first of all, we have Tin Smasher. I was very excited to jump onto the golden wagon and play list games with folks, hoping the camaraderie slash shared trauma would push me through ga some games that I otherwise wouldn't have played. Shining in the Darkness is my first introduction into the dungeon crawling subgenre, and I found it very repetitive. This worked to my advantage in a lot of ways because I could watch some hockey or baseball or even some anime while playing. Just kill things until I ran out of MP, then I would run back to town, buy new equipment, and repeat. The story might have been my favorite part of the game. All three pages of the script were pure gold. Can you believe the twist that the court wizard was Dark Soul? Oh yeah, that happened. <laughs> all in all this was something to do while i did other things and sometimes i need that i'll be giving dungeon crawlers another shot down the road but shining the darkness won't be getting another playthrough by me as long as i remember i beat it oh you'll remember <laughs> petridge farm remembers uh so from Erobi, um yeah i played this game and i think i regret it <laughs> i'll start with the positives i love the enemy designs a lot of cool and interesting creatures Okay, now for the negatives. <laughs> the story was cookie cutter. The battle system was generic. But I'm sorry, one screen at a time in my first person view is just not acceptable. I'm sure I'm in the minority. Um, I'm not in the majority here uh, when I say this game is bad. Really, really bad. I understand they were trying different styles, but no save for the first person for fast paced shooters. Not one screen at a time RPGs, perhaps. Arobi just wants to play Doom. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, much better. Uh, perhaps I played this game when I was younger. I would think differently, but I had a SNES. 
So I had good turn-based RPGs. Long. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, yeah. That reminds me. I was going to bring this up, too. Uh, yeah, the Super Nintendo games that you and I have done together have been good, and the Genesis games that we've done together have been not as good. We played the Super Nintendo version of Yeast 3. Yeah, and Yeast 3 rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't want to open the 30-year-old uh, wounds. but uh, no, Gen- Gen- Genesis is failing massively on this show. There'll be, <laughs> so there'll be some good ones, I'm sure. Well, when I, we've played Fantasy Far Store, and it's the best one, apparently. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Kai's got some feedback here. Yeah, for Kai. Uh, kind of. Honestly, it's pretty low on the bar for what constitutes a good dungeon crawler. The story is pretty bare bones. The combat is not deep enough to really support the use of the FPDC style first person dungeon crawler. And the yeah, encounter awesome. rate is too high at the t- at the same time. I'm happy games like Might and Magic 4 or 4 slash 5 didn't take any notes from this because it would have been a tragedy if they did. For a good dungeon crawler, the Might and Magic series, the Etrian Odyssey series, which uh, they just released the remaster of those uh, on, I think, like most major platforms. At least Switch and PC. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. Or even the later Wizardry games act as much better examples of the formula. Cool. And yeah, and we've actually got some audio feedback from Kazlo. So I'm going to slot that in right here. Hey there, it is Kazlo. And just leaving my feedback for Shining in the Darkness. I was excited to check out this game, mainly because it is like the first Camelot-made RPG. And if you don't know who they are, they are the ones behind Golden Sun. But they're also the ones behind Beyond the Beyond. Uh, So, did this end up more Golden Sun or more Beyond the Beyond? Sad to say, it's probably more Beyond the Beyond, except for this game is actually playable. Overall, it was really cozy just being able to grind out levels and levels, really, because each each part of the dungeon is a different level. But being able to work a little bit through, go back, work a little bit through, go back to town, work a little bit through, go back to town felt kind of cozy. It just, the game was lacking a lot of systems. So let me go through the scores because I think that will give you a better idea of what I thought of the game. So first up, story. And I'm going to give story like a two. I don't remember much being there outside of go save the princess who's been kidnapped. I mean, there's a big reveal towards the end of, I think it was floor four where you fight the dark knight and you find out that it's like your father. And I'm just like, why do I care? I've been going at this dungeon like hundreds, not hundreds, but like it's probably up in like the 15 to 20 times going to this dungeon at this point. And I'm just now finding out that the Dark Knight is my father and I'm going to face him on that floor. Ultimately, I, there wasn't much story there. Uh, so, yeah, I'm giving it a two. All right. And combat. Uh, this is just a standard turn based game for the most part. There's some interesting spells like like quick and boost. And I mean, it's just standard attack or cast magic. Not too much really there, but I am going to I'm going to knock it for the instant death enemies when only one character has raise and there's no items that I could find that allowed you to raise people either. So anytime that hit one of <laughs> hit Milo, it was back to town unless you're playing on the Sega Classics and then you can rewind and just get a different RNG. The non-combat is gonna get like a three the going to town and going in and out of shops is really cumbersome equipping equipment is really cumbersome moving equipment from one character to the next is cumbersome there were a couple of times where i actually dropped a new like weapon i had just purchased not realizing i could rewind to save myself that everything was just cumbersome because there was very few 
very few inventory for each character, and it filled up super quick when like half of it is taken up just by what you're wearing. The visuals, the visuals, I will give probably probably a seven. The dungeons themselves weren't too interesting. They were just different wall patterns for each one. But all the enemy sprites were really interesting, especially the mushrooms that just looked like giant dicks uh, and would multiply like nobody's business and just put you all to sleep. Uh, I know that was the bane of Bill's existence at one point. The audio. I'm going to have to give it like a four because it's I don't remember much being there. Uh, and it could be because I was playing sped up most of the time. I mean, the sound effects were okay. But, yeah, I wasn't the biggest... There's nothing that sticks out on the audio. I'm sorry. And the overall feel. I really... I'm going to give this a 7 because, like I said, it was a really cozy dungeon crawler as you're just diving back into the dungeon going a little bit here and there each time. And there's not a huge penalty for dying, especially later in the game when you've already bought all the equipment that you need. Like, you really could just ride it out until you wipe and then start all over again. And then the final boss. I'm going to give this one also a 7. He was kind of there throughout the game, making appearances, and then his actual encounter was multi-phased, which for this game I did not expect a multi-phased boss. So yeah, I'm going to give that a 7. I didn't keep track of what those scores are, Bill, so I'm sorry. I don't know what those add up to uh, and what the overall percentage score that would give it. But like I said, it was cozy. I, I enjoyed playing through it. It was fun getting to see what an early Camelot game looks like. I may try and join you if we ever get to the Beyond the Beyond, and it's not $20.99 at that point. But we will see, because I remember renting that game and absolutely hating it. And just to note, um, I feel I feel bad here, because Deesa normally plays along with us on all the games. Um, and Deesa does sh- uh, suffer from what I think is a shoulder injury. Um, and she was mapping it, and yet it just became a bit too painful for her to play. So Her maps are so... Oh, I know. They are so gorgeous. So I'm 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 looking happy like one person was using graph paper. Yeah, so am I. And you know, I'm hoping I'm hoping that she'll get back to it soon because I can't wait to see her her finalized maps. Because yeah, I absolutely love them. And yeah, if you ever look up the final dungeon for double dungeons, she mapped every inch of that skelly. Oh yeah, I saw that. I think of beauty. One of you guys posted that, and it was like that was a lot of work. It looks like. Yeah, luckily we luckily we've got like a um, a Twitter hashtag which no one ever uses, <laughs> so I was able to find that one quite easily. It was just like ah, look at that, <laughs> and um, yeah, it is an absolute amazing thing. So I'm looking forward to seeing her final fi- her final labyrinth for final in the dark, uh, 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 shining in the darkness. Yeah, once she finishes it. So, Disa, I hope your arm gets better soon. Cool, that's it. Let's go into the outro.
that's it for our STD review. Bill, you <laughs> brooding dark wizard with a princess fetish, what are you doing next week? I, I know. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, uh, it's going to be, yeah, I know. <laughs> no, next week is going to be uh, the RPG Club episode that um, I all that I owe everybody. <laughs> Some breath so it's going to be the catch-up. Yeah, the first segment of Breath of Fire 3. So look forward to that next week. Speaking of which... We got some plugs. Uh, yeah, RPG Club. We need to be finishing segment three by the 25th of June. You lovely, lovely people. And then, yeah, our plugs. Plugs, plugs. We've got to, yeah, we've got to rate and please, if you like the show, rate and review us on any podcatching apps you happen to use, like Spotify or um, Audible. Audible is a good rating system on it because uh, it really helps, you know, get the show up there in the ratings and out to other people. It helps with the algorithms that are being controlled by our AI overlords. Those are all uh, whom, of course, I am very subservient to, and mm-hmm. I can't wait for their rule to take over one day. I bow down. <laughs> also, we have the Patreon, where you can get involved with picking the RPG Club games, as well as the VIP Club games, as well as the VIP exclusive game episodes that will be coming out. Get so look forward to that. Vote for, the, vote for the games that I want to play. Vote for Hylix. Yeah, well, Hylix. I voted for Hylix. <laughs> My balls. Uh, yes, uh, Hylix. I, I voted for Hylix. <laughs> I really wanted that to win. Uh, yeah, so you can find that at patreon.com forward slash RPG years. You can email the show at RPGAfterYears at gmail.com. Send yes, in a recipe. Still, yeah, it's not easy to change your Gmail handle, so we're still half the year. Discord, again, you can find links in the show note or a pinned tweet on Twitter, and Discord is the place to be. Because that's where you can join in with the seven hundred dollar saga. <laughs> oh, yeah. saga. Make, make Bill pay. Yes, make Bill and Frost pay. Even better. <clears throat> oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So you can find the show at RPG Years on Twitter. Or you can find me at Metanica. And where can we find you, Brett? At Plug all Skeleton your shit, Pod. Oh yeah. Also, I have uh, here a podcast, <laughs> uh, Skeleton House, on Podcast Land, wherever you get podcasts. I play video games. Me and my girlfriend are playing through Bloodboard and Chrono Trigger. And me and my sister are playing through Y2K, a postmodern RPG, as well as a bunch of other games that we have previously played through. It's a fantastic, yeah, it is a fantastic show, and you should all listen to it. (laughs) Silent Hill 2 is great. Um, Thank you. Still make Bill pay, though, even though he's being nice. Make him pay. Yes, make make me pay. Uh, Yes, and also you can find Brett on other shows, such as the Super Switch Club. (laughs) Yes, Super Switch Club. You can also be uh, on the Super Switch Club, dear listener. the Parcelog Pod, which is what I had a crossover episode for last week. Yes, we Brett, we, was, Brett took on the Fantastic Four. Season one of Passalong Pod is finished in its entirety. You can also hear Kai. We talked about Kai. Kai uh, played some Pokemon as well. Yep, he did. Although Kai's good at Pokemon, so um, yes, <laughs> I don't like people who are good at Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me feel bad about myself. Anyway, so that's it, people. Well, that's it for this review. Join Bill next week for some RPG Club fun. I'll be back once I shine my orb on the correct wall. I'm Brett. (laughs) And I'm Bill Soul. I will take your princess and your rubbish kingdom with only three locations. The village people (laughs) must pay a lot of taxes. They must. I mean, like, how big is that castle when it's just a tiny village with, like, four houses? One uh, one guy's (laughs) just hanging out in a hut. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He doesn't even have walls. (laughs) All right. Bye, everyone. Goodbye.
This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com.